in the 1970s, a future top-notch podcasting team was born, and then raised on military bases because their dads were in the Air Force. These Gen Xers eventually grew up and were unleashed upon the world. Today, looking forward to retirement, they survive by dishing out their opinions. If you have questions that need answers and an open mind, if you can spare 60 minutes a week, and if you have internet access, maybe you can listen to Kenyatta and Jack Save the World. Everybody was Kung Fu fighting. On today's episode, we will be too. Welcome back, listening friends, for another episode of Save the World. Um, if you've been here, you know who I am, but I'll just remind you, I'm Kenyatta. I'm Jack. And we have a guest. We do. Who is our guest? I believe our guest is alumnus of the show. He's been our guest more than any other guest that we've had. <laughs> Music producer, boy band lover, man who told <laughs> Kenny Loggins that his name was Kenny Loggins. You Tim Bird. Hey, <laughs> oh, you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, you're Kenny Loggins. Yes, I, yes, I am. <laughs> Thanks for having me, y'all. It's always fun. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yep. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, listening friends, our last two episodes were pop culture related. This one shall be two. So. I don't know, Jack. Maybe you can explain better than I can why we'll be skipping WTFs this week. That we're not getting rid of them. We're just skipping again. But I'm not sure how to put it. How to put it? Well, we just sort of felt that the last week or so was as people that love pop culture and all of our sort of people that were, you know, fans of, loved in the pop culture world. It just seemed like there were quite a few. Uh, folks that passed away and we just kind of decided that we were gonna have a fun episode and not yeah. talk about that or the rest of the world because you know that's gonna still be there next week mm, it is but that's a wtf within itself as far as the loss of all those people oh, yeah. yeah definitely so yeah that's a good way to put it that's a good way to put it we'll, we'll keep it on the light side the world is still here it's still spinning We'll be back for it. But in the meantime, let us Gen Xers have our flights of fancy and talk about the 80s. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jack, what are we going to talk about today? <laughs> we are going to talk about the 1980s classic, The Last Dragon. Oh, yes. Which... I would, I guess, would that be considered a black exploitation film. Some would say that. I don't know. I never viewed it. That it's way. no, I never did either. Um, I, I didn't either. It was, it was after. It was after the the, the period of time that black exploitation you know was happening. But you know, the last time we had that conversation, there were movies after that. It was in the, that list. Yeah, it was true. But some of them, a lot of those were spoofs. I wouldn't call this a spoof per se. Uh. But I guess you can maybe say martial arts black exploitation ish. 
Amichu, yeah. something like that. It's kind of ish. It's kind of hard to categorize it. So, but um, the main thing that movie is known for, uh, spoiler alerts for a forty-year-old movie, is the wonderful phrase "Kiss my converse." <laughs> by the by the karate master Shonuff. Shonuff. Wouldn't that bust the rhymes? <laughs> <laughs> he did say that once upon a time, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he played him in his own video. He sure he did. Yeah. He sure yeah. did. Oh well. <laughs> Indeed. Well, I guess without further ado, we'll we'll get into it. We shall. That we shall. We shall. So you want to kick us off with a little background on the movie? Uh, I watched it a lot as a teenager. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I guess I guess it's up to me. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we got to leave it to the the best and the brightest of us. You oh go. Lord. That's hilarious. I don't I don't I don't want either one of y'all's guests ever again. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> Plus, you say it's so sweet, right? Yeah, he's like a, a movie trailer voice that's telling what's coming up next. In a world without hosts, um, <laughs> the Last Dragon, a 1985 Wikipedia calls it American martial arts comedy film. Okay, go ahead, Wikipedia. Sometimes it's referred to as Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon, right? It- it really was a Barry Gordy slash Motown vehicle. Let's be real. And more than anything, and it was actually mentioned in an interview with the the star of the movie, that it was really like a music video. Honestly. Oh, yeah. So much. Yeah. It was like a one long music video. It really was. This mm-hmm. movie and Belly are perfect examples of one, one hour and 35 minute music video. So, yes, there it is. Uh, the main character of The Last Dragon is a fella uh, by the name of Bruce Leroy. Go figure. Bruce Leroy has the courage of his convictions and is fully immersed in uh, martial arts culture. Yes. So much so that he has the nerve and the courage and the fortitude to walk around Harlem in full Chinese dress including the big straw hat Mm -hmm. power to him i thought that was corny back in the day when i saw it when i saw it again recently i'm like he has the courage of his conventions and i can't be mad at him at all be mad at him either because i actually did that when i lived in germany i was a huge bruce lee fan they had black belt magazine Mm -hmm. you could order like nunchucks i used to make nunchucks out of my mother's um brooms i know i used to right (laughs) <laughs> with with a chain in the middle, and plus the outfit, the same kind of outfit with the shoes. The things are flat, the little mm-hmm. black shoes. Yeah, so I'm not mad at him. Proceed. I'm, I'm not. I'm not mad at him at all. And basically, the plot is, if I can get it right as briefly as possible, young Bruce Leroy, like I says, total 100% devotee of martial arts, and crosses paths with both. I guess you could just call him the neighborhood bully and a very uh, sociopathic little bald white gangster. That's it. That's the movie. And there's yeah, some yeah. singing and there's vanity and debarge. That's it. That's the movie. Yes. Debarge <laughs> was the highlight. <laughs> That's the movie. So like My- I said, 
No, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, this might be jumping the gun early, but did you guys notice that um, towards the end in that big fight, you know, he kept putting Bruce Leroy's head in the water and on one direction, <laughs> his face was all bloody. But then when they went straight on, it was just all wet with no blood. And then they go to the yeah. other scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was I like, well, somebody didn't do uh, continuity. <laughs> there were there were all sorts of you know missed opportunities in that movie <laughs> from editing to scripting to uh, outfits here's a little bit of trivia now we're talking about outfits um julius carey who played shonuf according to the star of the movie what he wears is like painted over football pads. And they did it because while Carrie was tall, he was skinny. So they put those pads on it to make him look like he was bigger. That was their idea, I guess, of visual effects. Go I didn't, I didn't know but that. I thought that was funny <laughs> as shit to find that out. <laughs> didn't I know that? I I just heard it in the interview with the uh That's funny. With Tamac. Tamek, let's see how to say his name. Tamek. Right, I've always had a problem saying his name. Guariello. That's, That's his, his name. last name? Yes, Guariello. He I is. Guariello. Tamek? It's Tamek, I think. T-A-M-A-K? T-A-I-M-A-K. T-Mac? Something like that. Tamek. It's Tamek. T-J-Mac. Right. He's part part black, part uh, Italian. So, yeah, <laughs> go figure. Yeah. But he, he has was the kung fu version of McDowell's. <laughs> McDowell's. Well, I mean, he had Bruce he has Leroy, the skills. His acting may not have been much of anything because this is his first movie. He was like twenty years old. Yeah, you can tell it was his first movie. Yeah, but he's actually let's see, a blue belt in Brazilian jiu jitsu, uh, black belt. Shaolin Kung Fu, Chinese Goju. He also indulges in boxing, MMA, kickboxing, Aikido, Judo. I also heard that he also practiced uh, or is versed in um, Jiu Kingdo. Jiu, yeah, Jiu Kingdo, which is um, Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. Bruce Lee's martial art that he started. Yep. He had the intercepting fists. Yep. He was, no, he, says he was good in this movie. He, over time, over the years, of course, he just continued on with the craft. So he's no joke. Right. Right. Absolutely no joke. But I can say that's his first movie. You could tell he still had baby fat in his face. God bless him. Yeah. <laughs> but the movie did great at the box office. It did. Critics. It had a $10 million budget and came in at $26 million gross. I, I That tripped me out when I saw that today. I was like, I thought it didn't do good at the box office. I didn't I knew either. The critics were going to kill it, but... Yeah, I did. I did not. I think it's got like a forty-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes or some such mess. <laughs> yeah, but then it did great at video video rental. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, That's our, I was just yeah. going to say to our Gen Z fans, back in the yeah. day, we used to have to go to a store, and they had these things called VHS or Betamax, and you would have to go and find the movie you want. And if you were lucky, they would have it because they generally had a couple copies. And then you had to go and rent it that way. Yep. There you go. And there yep. was always. And you had to push, depending on what kind of VHS was a video. What was it? What did VHS stand for? Video house system or whatever. Oh. Uh, no, it was VCR. 
it was a VCR I went into. Right. The, the tape was the VHS. But depending on the ones you have, you had a front face and it would just slide in. You push it in. Oh, then right. you had a top and loader. Projected the top. You put the tape in. And I you think that was beta yeah. was top loader and VHS was front. I they think. start. They both started out that way. But of course, right. my dad being, you know, psychic, the format my dad chose was beta. Mine too. <laughs> yeah, we didn't brought, He brought that thing home from Korea. We was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. And, and that, course, folks, is how we used to watch movies. And you had to take it back by a certain time. Yeah. And you had to rewind it because the video stores would charge you a fee if you brought it back and it was right. not rewound for the next customer. Yep. Be kind. Please rewind. Go figure. Yep. So you could do the file sharing. The- <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't file share that. It would. Those yeah. Were hard- those were hard times in the 80s, kids. As, as a matter of fact, they had that machine that was the, the VHS rewinder, you know, because uh-huh. you, yeah. you couldn't yeah. wait the two minutes just... to let it rewind in the machine. Oh, yeah. nope, got to start this next movie and yeah. you pop it in there to, <laughs> to rewind. Those are hard times we were, we lived through. Oh, my God, how do we make it? I know. So there's a little tidbit about uh, Tay Mac. Like I said, I watched this interview uh, that came up related video on YouTube where he talks about uh, vanity and after the movie, he would talk to her on and off, but he didn't realize how bad off that she was. Um, And he talks about the deal that he had with Barry Gordy and he has no love lost for Barry Gordy. And that's not the first time I've heard that about Barry Gordy. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's all about his money. Yeah, he is. Apparently, they offer him a contract. And this is when a lady by the name of Suzanne DePass uh, worked. Yeah, she's she's something else. Uh, she worked for uh, Motown. And so he was supposed to take a meeting with Gordy. And he ended up talking to her instead. And apparently, according to Tamek, she made a big deal about the contract he was offered because she thought he wasn't good enough. Good enough of an actor to have earned the contract that he had. And apparently the terms of the contract were, you know, make X amount of movies for us. We'll pay you up front a flat fee. But if the movies turn a profit, you ain't getting nothing else. Right. Nothing over top of that. Yeah. Yeah. He he was like, nah, he walked away from it. I don't blame him. But I mean, his career never did blow up, blow up. He had like guest spots all over the place. In the years after, because I remember he did a guest spot on um, a different world. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't see that. Yeah, he was the guy that the football, the baseball player that takes Freddie out and almost uh, grapes her. Oh, okay. That was him. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, oh, that was him. So he Chris did Summers, like right, Chris Summers. That was one. Play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he, he did. Two I mean, skin people together. Gotcha. Good Lord, have mercy. Anyway, <laughs> but uh. Like he did bit parts after that, and, and I I don't think he ever had anything as big as the last track. Unfortunately, I I can see where he would have gotten better in acting had he been able to. But right, it's Motown for you. Hmm. Yeah, and a lot of people don't know Suzanne DePass. Her first group that she worked with when she first got Motown was the Jackson Five, mm-hmm. and helped with the dance steps and everything like that. Yep. When they first got signed to Motown. Yeah. So I think I've heard of them. 
Jackson oh, Five. Did they have that guy? That one guy that went on to do a have a pretty yeah, big solo career. Something like that. I mean, then we had like one. It was like one hit wonder. And then you like you talking about Tito? Go solo, huh? You talking about Tito? No, Tito had all the success. I but thought the so. Brother, the other brother, Michael. He tried he to did I. Yeah. That was it, Michael. Yeah. Michael, that was his name. Yeah, yeah, didn't make it. Yeah, I wonder what might have been. I wonder what might have been. Yeah, such a talent. It was, it was. Especially yeah. since he couldn't beat his own brother, Tito's um, 50 million copy sold. Tito, right. Tito, he's my favorite Jackson. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Uh, the actor who plays, to me, the best role in the movie, Shonuff, the bully yes. of Harlem, an actor by the name of Julius Carey. And he was, he did a, he had already been in the business for a while by the time he was in this movie um, for a few years, small parts. And a lot of people know him best for this one, but he, he works steadily through the years, mostly like in television bits. Um, I remember seeing him on a different world as well. He played the club mm-hmm. owner uh, where Ron's band played at. He played the club owner. Oh, okay. You remember You remember that? No. Oh. I watched it off and on. I think um, after, I think during the time when Dwayne caught Whitley, I checked out. Uh, so and might have been after that or might have been the episode I missed during that time because the fire was gone after they caught with each other because the whole thing to me was them him trying to chase her and she keeps turning them down. Right. <laughs> Me, but no, I didn't, I didn't see that episode. So he had parts on just a short list. Cause he did a lot of work through the eighties and nineties and early two thousands. Uh, he had spots on Benson, Hill street blues, Alice, Newhart, uh, the A team, the Jeffersons, the misfits of science. You remember that show? Yeah. yeah. Um, 227, Fame, Moonlighting, A Different World, Murphy Brown, Family Matters, The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. I remember him from that show because my mom yeah. used to love that show. I remember yeah. him from there. Yeah, I remember um, because I, yeah, because I kept saying, why does that guy look like show enough? I didn't know it was the same. <laughs> exactly. <Right. You're> like, <laughs> he was also in the Dolomite movie, too. Yeah, he was. He was good. Yeah. He was good. He He did. He was a good character actor. He really was. And unfortunately, he passed away at the age of 56 back in 2008. Yeah. But from his from his CV, it looked like he worked steadily. And that's good because he really was the highlight yeah. of this movie for me. No, he was. I felt like he was like the best example because I think he realized this is kind of a ridiculous character in a ridiculous <laughs> movie. And I'm going to go so over the top yeah. that it'll just be the perfect performance. And I I can't argue with that because it was it. the best performance yet. It was <laughs> so he it did will never ever be another show enough. Never no. show enough. And in show that enough. vein, I would like to share a small tidbit, if I may. You may. Thank you. Am I the meanest? Show enough. Am I the prettiest? Show enough. Am I the baddest mofo low down around this town? Show enough. Well, who am I? Show enough. Who am I? Sure enough. I can't hear you. Sure enough. Shogun of Harlem. Yes. There it is. 
<laughs> the Shogun of Harlem. <laughs> Shogun of Harlem. Nice. So I remember that's a pretty good nickname, actually. The Shogun yeah. of Harlem. It really is. I might get a, a you know, remember how they had the airbrush t-shirts? You get the ball. I'm gonna get one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the part that Buster Rhymes used in this video. Yes. Am I the meanest? Am I the and he looked Correct. just like him. He did. He did. I remember there were like there's been like rumors for a couple of years that they were gonna try to do a reboot of this. Yeah, and part they, two. Yeah, they were gonna try to have um Dion Cole play oh. show enough. I, that that could work. With that the would movie. work. That would definitely work. Because he looks just yeah. like him. <laughs> yeah. So I would be interested if they ever pull it off. I would be interested in that. So. So yeah. who would they get to play Bruce Leroy? Any that's, ideas? Because I have a, none. I have none either. Me I don't. Neither. I don't know. I can't think of anybody in their in their twenties that's that good at martial arts. Right. Do kids do martial arts nowadays? They Gen do. Z, do you guys do martial arts today? Because <laughs> everybody was kung fu fighting back in them days. They really That's were. That's right. They really were. But uh, that would be a good question. Because I just, I, got, I heard the news, you know, about people trying to fan cast Dion. I was like, I kind of stopped there. And I was like, That's all I need, really. Like we could yeah. do, we could do like a whole, we could do a prequel and just have his backstory. How did he right. become just shown up? There right. you go. <laughs> he wasn't all, he wasn't always a butthole. Right. He right. I mean, he had to start out nice. Yeah. yeah it was just probably society. A relationship, a woman won't ruin him. I'm just joking. <laughs> Isn't that always the villain backstory? <laughs> a woman ruined him. It, it was either his mama or. <laughs> right. Or the, girl, or the, girl the one that got love. away. <laughs> when he got away, and but the, the some dudes beat him up in front of her, and that's when he decided to get into karate. <laughs> right. He flew to China, found the yeah. hidden land of Shangri-La. She left him, told him that you ain't nothing, you ain't never gonna be nothing, show enough. And he's like, ah, that's my name. Yeah. Sure. I'm, looking <laughs> for, I'm looking for Hitori Hanzo. Um <laughs> <laughs> So who would play Vanity's character? Another good question. I well, can't... there's a lot of girls out there that kind of could play it. I mean, they yeah. might look like her, but... <sighs> the 80s was an interesting time as far as women's representation. Right. Because there was a long stretch of time, especially in the mid to late 80s into the 90s, that women that pretty much should have been dedicated to modeling Mm-hmm. wanted to act right and sing so there was yeah. a lot of that going on here yeah it, it was a confusing time they were really pretty girls but that was about it there was not a whole lot else going yeah, on that was just to get people like us like the guys to the theater because sure. you guys already had um what's his name tay mac to was tj max what's his name <laughs> Jay Mack. Yes, TJ like, yeah, Max. Yes. And I'm joking, Jay Mack. If you ever get a chance to listen, I'm just playing. I love your role. But um <laughs> but yeah, the um the girls loved him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We weren't gonna look nice... at the Cindy Lapa character. Yeah, she <laughs> I was gonna say, speaking of models that couldn't sing. <laughs> that was her little outfit with the headlights, which she was just like the taxi cab. Yeah, she had that's the <laughs> But I read that she sang her own part on one of those songs that she was singing. 
And you that's can tell. her voice. You can that's, tell it was. Yeah. And something tells me she can actually sing. Like yeah, sing, sing, sure. but she was just dumbing it down. Right, mm-hmm. right. So this hers was an interesting part as well. But speaking of the ladies of the movie, Denise Katrina Matthews, otherwise known as Vanity. Wikipedia says, known for her image as a sex symbol in the 80s, she became an evangelist and renounced her career as Vanity in the 1990s. It I did not know that. It happened. Yeah, she, she, she um, almost died from um, drugs, and she was married to or engaged to Nikki Six from Monty Crew. She sure was. She was there when he actually passed out, and they thought he was dead. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, she she went through a lot. She really went through a lot. And um, according to Wiki, in 1994, she was hospitalized for three months for near-fatal kidney failure Right. from an OD. And she later recalled that after being rushed to the hospital, doctors said she had three days to live while on life support. Oh, wow. So she then apparently explained that Jesus appeared to her at this time and spoke to her, saying that if she promised to abandon her vanity persona, he would save her. Upon her recovery, she ended her performing career by cutting off all ties with Hollywood and shunning her former life in show business. And she devoted herself to being a born again Christian. I remember seeing... I remember yeah. seeing something years ago. I think it's on YouTube somewhere where she's in a, a service or something like that. Yeah. In a white outfit. I don't remember. Yeah. That yeah. And, um, I, at the time when that was going on, I thought she was faking it. It you was, you know, when you start to get older, you start to realize, no, some people really take that stance. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. um, she must have went through a lot that's really revealed in the public to be able, especially the kidney thing, because that's what she passed right. up, right? Yeah, um, that was 2016 16. kidney failure. Yep. Same year as Prince. Yep. 57. Yep. That wow. was actually two months before Prince, because right. Prince was April. Yep. 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 Almost almost two months to the day, just about kidney failure. Yep. Yeah, she she I was like you when I saw that video. I'm like, what the heck is this? Because I hadn't seen her in a while anywhere. Right. And of course, you know, to this day, I still rock Nasty Girl on a semi-regular basis. Oh, you have no choice but to. That's one of the best club songs ever. Between Nasty Girl and Sex Shooter. I mean, what? Oh, yeah. Come on. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> Both of them. Yeah. But I hadn't seen her in a while. And I'm like, she went through some things. And I yeah, think she was um actually what you call it, uh Rick James' girlfriend and Prince took her away. Mm. Well then she really did go through some things. Yeah, <laughs> Prince will do that. Prince huh? will do that. Yeah, well, as and Rick James. Huh? And Rick James. We all know he's not a fan of couches. Right, exactly. <laughs> Especially if you can buy a new one. <laughs> but he was a fan of Linda Blair. I digress. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was. He even dedicated Cold Blooded to her. On he his sure album. did. He yeah. sure did. That's a song right there. Ooh, the 80s. Anyway. <laughs> and she also uses to date Eddie Murphy. Now, that's kind of weird because Rick, Rick James, Eddie Murphy, they traveled in the same circles. Right. So, I mean. Yeah, doesn't Rick James have the, uh, isn't he sitting in the producer's booth and the video for Eddie Murphy's My Girl Wants party to Party all the time? time. Yeah. yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. And he's got like this nodding head as um, Eddie Murphy's like doing, I don't know, he 
carrying out a note and then they go into Rick James and his head's on nine. He's like, yeah, brother. That's so <laughs> I want to say, who is it in the temptations? It's like his godfather or something like that. Oh, is um, Melvin. The one with the bass voices is cousin or uncle cousin or something. Yeah. Cause know? the temptations did a uh, background super free. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. also did. Uh, he produced Rick James produced standing on the top with the he sure reunion. did. Reunion of the Temptations that came together, yeah. Yep, sure did. It's it's the eighties. That's all I can keep. The eighties. That's all I'm I can trying. keep saying. It was so, a transition period. The first for everything. The eighties. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 It was a lot, but I just had to say that that song that she sang in the movie. I can't get that minute and forty two seconds back. Uh, no, you absolutely cannot. That was a terrible song. That was a terrible song. Other than DeBarge, all of the other songs were not that good, which I found surprising since it was very corny. You would think that he would know some people that could write a song. To be clear. He wanted Motown to control the whole thing because that's how they made the Motown soundtrack. So you get the money from the the movie, then Mm -hmm. you get the money off the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Right. He didn't want nobody else doing the soundtrack. Yep. Because I think... In addition to the barge and Vanny's song, he had Rockwell, who was his nephew. Yep. Was on there. Yeah. And let's see. No, it's his son. Just, yeah, the Rockwell's son. Rock, was that his son? Yeah, Barry, yeah. that's very good son. Mm, okay. Yeah. Everybody was always going, How the hell did he get Michael Jackson to do background vocals on that? Well, now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I was, I was, I only found out a couple of years ago, maybe I guess I just wasn't paying attention that Diana Ross's oldest child is Barry Gordy's. Yeah, they hid it for years. Yeah. I remember, I remember growing up, my mom used to say that. She used to say that, that's Barry Gordy's child. You ain't going to tell me nothing. So what are you talking about? And then years later, she even became an adult before they actually confirmed it because she kept saying no. Mm-hmm. This child does not mean Barry never had an affair or nothing like that. Hit it for years. Hmm. That's wild. And now you look at them like side by side. I'm like, she is her father's daughter. Hands down. Yeah. <laughs> that was wild. I'm like, Diana. Ew. Oh, Diana was, she, she was an opportunist. Sure she was. She didn't, she didn't care who she hurt to get to where she needed to get to. She knew she wasn't as talented as the other two in the, in the Supremes. Yes. But she fought to be that lead singer. She did. I mean, it, it didn't hurt that uh, <laughs> she had the favor of the president of the label. What do I know? What do I know? You said what? Huh? You said, said she what? I said it didn't hurt that she had the favor yeah. Of the president of the label. <laughs> right. 100%. That does help. Favorite. It does help. <laughs> but uh, apparently also, also on the soundtrack responsible for writing some of these songs, God bless him, was Norman Whitfield. Yeah. Like Norman Whitfield is like legendary in the house of Motown for his songwriting skills. I yeah. don't know what happened here. What do you mean? He wrote it was between this- Norman Whitfield and Willie Hutch. True. It's just some of those songs, like you said, just like the last dragon, like the title song, like in the opening credits. Yeah. Mm-mm. Maybe Mm-mm. he wrote them sarcastically. 
<laughs> I almost feel that would have to have been the case because I yeah, just because they were not good songs, they especially weren't. with their body of work from in the past. Thank car you. Wash, stuff like Car Wash, um, I'm Going Down, or um, just Papa my was a Rolling Stone. Papa was a Rolling Stone. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, what's that other song? I know you want to leave me. Oh, uh, you can't, ain't too proud to beg. So right, with Louis, right. Not much, but with. With Norman Whitfield having that kind of background to hear some of that music, I'm like, yeah, that yeah. was disappointing. Yeah, like he had a contract to fulfill, and he just threw that out there. Just <laughs> maybe, maybe his uh, ex-wife and the divorce kind of pulled the the Marvin Gaye and said, "I want the royalties from the next album," and he's like, "All right, I'll do the soundtrack for this." <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. To be told, Marvin actually did an album for his ex-wife. I know. That's why I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think years yeah. later, Robin Thicke did the same thing. Anyway. He <laughs> <laughs> made a song for his wife. That's uh, fine. Yeah, yeah. But uh, like they said in the, the, the Temptations miniseries where they had the scene where um, the executives are sitting around in a studio judging whether or not a song was good and Barry would go. If you were down to your last dollar, would you spend it on a sandwich or this song? All right. these songs in this movie, I would have bought five Subway sandwiches. Easy. The, the sandwich. <laughs> oh, this movie? Oh, yeah. Easy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I would have, look, I, I don't think, I'm not sure if Subway was around at that time, but I would have at least created one. Something. <laughs> Wherever you get your neighborhood subs, that's where I'm right. going. That's I want right. I want extra vinegar and oil on them shits. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely didn't put them on that song. No. Yeah, no. for I, sure. For all of this, like I said, I do have a greater appreciation for it than I did thirty years ago. I'll, I can I can honestly say that, and it was it was delightful to watch, especially yeah. especially seeing some of the actors in there that I didn't it didn't register to me that they were in there. Um, yeah. William H. Macy. Yes, yeah. that one threw me because I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and he had that bleach blonde hair. Yeah. That was his first film, right? Yeah. It was probably it pretty was close. Film, probably. Right? Had yeah. to be close. Yeah. Because he actually looked his... young. <laughs> yeah. He looked young and old. He's like Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon yeah. has been in every movie since 1919. Correct. If you think Correct. about it. Yes. And he even looked old when he was in Animal House. He looked yes. old in Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. but he looks younger now. Yeah. I was him and his wife. Yeah. We were, uh, you know, talking beforehand that the actor that played his younger brother, I was like, how did he simultaneously look like a teenager in 55 mm-hmm. at once? Which you want to uh, ask. But Tim. Yeah. He explained yeah. who he looked like, and it was perfect, and I can't unsee it now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. go ahead. <laughs> He looked like the twelve-year-old George Jefferson, <laughs> wearing leather pants. Yes, <laughs> thank you. I wanted y'all to get there to the leather pants. Why did a twelve-year-old have leather pants? Have at least two pairs of leather pants. <laughs> um, um, I had one. I had a pair too. I I, I got pictures to prove it. Yeah, at twelve, I got a picture to prove it. I was in a breakdancing group. I'm wearing leather pants. Oh my god! Yeah, why didn't they? They should have had them in parachute <laughs> pants. Yeah, parachutes didn't come out. I think probably a year after that because I had mine in '82. Mm, okay, '82, so, and yes, they were definitely leather pants. We had to go to another base, K Town. 
we had to go to that base to get them. And the money that I got, so I used to do yard work for our building. I would go and buy stuff for breakdance and stuff. But at that time, people was wearing leather. There's a picture. I'll send you a picture, too. But, yeah, I was yeah. I got a glove on, too. Yeah, that was back when a good, solid, large box was, like, precious. Unlike now where you just, I'll just order something off Amazon because their box is galore. Right. I do like the the one year long, the one other little young man, the one that was in his uh, Bruce Leroy's. Um, uh, oh, yeah. What do you call him? Yeah, he went on to Ernie. Jones. Ernie yeah, it's uh, the actors. That little kid, his name's Ernie something. Ernie Reyes Jr. Yeah, and he he was a black in a lot of films actually. Yeah, he was twelve. Yeah, oh, he belt. was twelve. Now, see, he yeah. was like Gary Coleman. <laughs> he did with the little bowl cut. As far as he the did. short, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gary Coleman and Danny from The Shining. So he had yeah. that kind of haircut. He did. Right. <laughs> he was kicking some tail in that movie. I was like, Yeah, he was. He is yay tall. He's kicking people in their shins. He is killing he them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He, he like kidding. roundhouse kicked that that one yeah. dude in the nuts, and, that yeah. <laughs> and then he was like, ha! "I was like, oh my god!" <laughs> really yeah. natural. He was. Yeah, I, considering I, the I, poor actor, I thought he may have really kicked him there because that seemed right. a little too too solid of acting by that guy. Right. <laughs> you know, and he probably did, and they just they couldn't afford to do a retake, so they just they went with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would have been the best reaction. It yes, <laughs> it would. Have. Just like the reaction in Temptations, ain't nobody come to see you, Otis. And that line was made up, and he the did. actors didn't know that he was going to say that. And the reaction that they gave was a real reaction. So it was probably one of those situations. It really was. Have yeah. you seen? Have you seen the Temptations miniseries yet? I have not. Ooh, new series? You asking me or him? Oh, I know you've seen it, Tim. <laughs> no, I have not. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great move, great story to watch, you know, about the temptations. Like, yeah, between that and five heartbeats. Yes. Yeah, five That's heartbeats I have seen. Yeah. So basically, you've seen the temptations movie. No, I'm just joking, <laughs> they kind of parallel each other. Right, so, right. The only the only thing about the temptations movie that it's based on the book of the only living temptation at the time. So it's kind of one sided, right. but it's still a really, really good in depth. Uh, Which one was still alive at the time? Otis. Was it still Otis? Yeah. He's still alive. Yeah, yeah, he's still alive. Yeah. But wasn't it one of them still? No. Except for Dennis Edwards was still alive. Wasn't he during that? I'm not sure. That's hard to say because Dennis Edwards had some issues too. Yeah, they all did. Okay, I mean, had you seen, you saw the video. Um, don't look any further. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah. Pay attention to him. The next time you watch, just pay attention to his face. Don't look anywhere else but his face and his his mouth. Yeah, it is not yeah, that song. That song is one of the most sampled songs in hip hop. That's one of the best songs ever in R and B history. But his his face during that video, he had to have been yeah, on right. something. Mm-mm. Oh, he's not licking his lips or nothing like that. No, it's something yeah. else. And I actually got an explanation for it when I started digging around. Because okay. I thought he, I thought this all these years that he was chewing gum. That that's not it. <laughs> it was said something. <laughs> I'm not going to get into it, but just watch it anyway. But yeah, that's um, yeah. that's the music. Yeah, the the one thing I do want to add, um, considering how for the most part of this movie the acting was not 
top notch. <laughs> so I'm watching it, and there's a scene where the mafia guy is like being just a giant dick to the the singer chick that he's trying to make big that can't sing that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Right. And he was just being like very, very verbally abusive to her. Yeah. And uh my boy Higgins was sitting next to me and he did not like that at all. At all. He wow. he set up and um started growling at the TV and he's like, you leave her alone, bro. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you leave her alone. Yeah. Like, wow. That's interesting. When you think about, and this is where I say that the plotting is a little iffy. <sighs> he made it his mission to get this girlfriend's video of his of hers on this this music dance show that that Vanity's character hosted. Right. He was like obsessed with doing that, and I'm like, for what? You you see, she can't sing. You see this. Everybody in the room sees your girlfriend can't sing. Right. Why are you so obsessed with getting this this video of hers on this show? The headlights. You mentioned boobs, so maybe that's what, I, that's I, what I, was I was saying. The headlights. Or was it? Yeah, or headlights. was it just the fact that he there was just a way for him to wield power? That's the only thing I can think of. That's the only thing I can think of. That that, that was it. Because you get yeah. to the end of the movie when um. Who was it hangs him on the hook? I think it's Bruce Leroy hangs him up on the hook and the cops show up. Yeah. He's just babbling. Oh my God. And we got mugged and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, oh my God, this guy's a he's crazy. He's trying to make a deal with him. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. He's, I've never seen anybody catch the bullet, you know, with their teeth and just hang up. Yeah. Yeah, they did that old trope too earlier on when uh the first time Bruce Leroy fought the the bad guys and they go to the mafia dude and they're like, well, it was just the other guys. Like it was like twenty dudes. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was like twenty of them, and they just we could not handle that many dudes. <laughs> now the, the guy, the one who ran that record label or whatever it is, didn't they make a cartoon out of him, or it was a cartoon before? Because he looks like a menacing cartoon that I've seen before. It looked just like him with the split in the middle of his head and hair out like that, and his I eyes remember. looking crazy. I forgot. Who it was, but I've seen that character before as a cartoon and animation. Hmm. And it Actually, the Last Dragon probably a cartoon would have been a better format for it. <laughs> Interesting, yeah, because he, he, you know what? That's the perfect description of his character, cartoonish. Yeah, yeah, he, he was like over the top. Yeah, he was. Well, he Black was. Dynamite made a great cartoon. I don't know if you ever watched the cartoons oh, yeah. of Black Dynamite. Oh yeah, that was know, yeah. Those fantastic. Were great. Yeah. It's good animation too, but it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. good old creamed corn. <laughs> <laughs> Other people that I didn't realize that were in here is Keisha Knight Pullman as yeah. Roy's yes. little sister. That had yeah. to be like her first acting job, literally. Well, they said she was doing the Cosby show at the same, just finished um, shooting season one. Yeah, because I'm looking at her, I'm like, she's about the same age as when she mm -hmm. started Cosby. So I was like, mm -hmm. look at her with a pigtails. And she had three names at the table, which is crazy. I know. What does it say? You think about it, they called her three different things. Tay mm -hmm. might call it one name. The father called him one name. The mother called him another name. Because I think they all had like different nicknames. And I think Bruce Leroy's was like, you know, something Japanese related or something. Because right. he bowed. Right. He bowed to everybody at the table. <laughs> yeah. His little brother was like, you're so weird. <laughs> you don't tell anyone we're related. Yeah. <laughs> I know. 
Live this life of purpose because of a fortune cookie. That's hilarious. That is funny. Yeah. Um, Carl <laughs> Anthony Payne. And a belt buckle. <laughs> Carl Anthony Payne was apparently an extra in the pizza shop scene where sure enough and his crew come in to tear up Bruce Leroy's parents' pizza shop. Oh, Carl didn't Anthony, that. You didn't, didn't know that? that. I did, and I looked once, I looked twice, and then when I got done with the movie, I was like, is that who I think it is? Sure enough. Sure enough. Sure enough. They said that um, Chaz Palmer, Tara, Terry, whatever, how you pronounce his last name, mm-hmm. that he had like a small little cameo in there, rolling there. He did. He did. I got to go fucking look. I didn't rewind back to see it. Yeah. I just saw it in some information and when I was looking it up. Yeah. yeah. What was no. funny. Oh, go ahead. Was the three the three uh guys outside the uh, <laughs> outside of the Chinese restaurant? <laughs> and they yeah, the, the fortune boxes. cookie factory. I said, "Your man's got on a mess shirt." Oh, the eighties! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> is this that how you play? What is it? Is this uh, how you play craps? Well, what is it? The dice uh, game they wanted to play, and he's just making crap up. Well, you want to play it like right. they do in Harlem, right? <laughs> they said. Um, I'm here to see your master. Master, there ain't no masters here. There's no slaves here, neither. <laughs> <laughs> and then he came back like just like a real person with the pizza. Right. He, he's practicing how to sound black. black. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that from time to time. <laughs> I do have one question. Um, you know, the little brother had his two friends, and yeah. so they're going to sneak into Vanity's studio whatever it is and so they go to jump up on like a loading dock and uh the brother and the one dude they were able to just jump up onto the loading dock but the fat (laughs) white guy couldn't do it and they turned around and they pulled him up i want to know if that was improv that's a good question did they realize this brother ain't (laughs) they turn around and pull him (laughs) and then later on when they're leaving the the two dudes jump off the loading dock and he like gets down. <laughs> it might be that's a good question because you never know what's that improviser they keep him as far as mistakes and it works. Yeah, yeah. That I mean that is true. That might have been. Here's something I thought was a a nice homage that carried carried over over a couple of, I guess, decades. Uh, the scene when they first show Bruce Leroy in his dojo, and he's got that yellow bodysuit on with the the yes. black stripes. Oh, the Bruce yep. Lee outfit. The Bruce yep. Lee outfit, and the it was the death. same and the same outfit uh, Uma Thurman wore mm-hmm. in Kill Bill. In Kill Bill one. one and two. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. homage to Game of Death, Bruce Lee's yep. movie Game of Death yep. that he didn't get to finish. Yeah, I almost wore yeah. that suit when I was twelve. That suit is hot, though. I do. <laughs> it's unforgiving. I would say that. Yeah, that is definitely a young man's jumpsuit. And they do have to be packing in certain areas in order to pull it off. Like, yes. Did I say that? Yes. <laughs> yes. It, it definitely helps. Yeah, it definitely helps. helps. No, that's the coolest suit. The coolest suit ever. It really was. This is what I thought was funny. The two times that Vanny's character, Laura, that she gets into trouble with the, the hoodlums, your man, Bruce Leroy, is right there. Wouldn't you begin to wonder how he always happens to be where you're always getting kidnapped at? Like as far as talking, you know what? I didn't think about that. Right. 
The first now time it was would. the first right? time a coincidence. The second time and he's there again. You're like, wait, what? Nowadays they would. They'd be like, oh, this is kind of stalkerish. Why is he always everywhere I am? Right. Speaking of stalkerish, let's just be real about it. There's no way under the sun in real life that a woman like her would be attracted to that dude. To who? Um, Bruce Leroy. Bruce Leroy. Physically, yeah. After that he opens would be his it. mouth, no. <laughs> I can see what you're saying because he didn't have that kind of swag. No. You know I mean? Or personality. No. Or no. personality, right. None of so that. He's still trying to figure out how to, um, what was it? What his brother put told the him moves, he, Put the moves yeah. on a woman? Yeah. Right. Like his brother's like, you don't know how to put the moves on a woman. I'm like, dude, you're 12. What yeah. do you know about it? <laughs> and you do? Uh, that's another conversation about my 12-year-old thing, too. So <laughs> nowhere else to. We did know at 12, but, mm, mm-mm, mm-mm, but continue. Mm-mm. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> so I had leather pants, <laughs> leather the moves. And there was I a mean, third in there. he had a oh, good. The uh, he had a good eighties aesthetic. Mm-hmm. I'm just concerned that he was twelve wearing leather pants. I was trying 12. to find a picture to send it to y'all. I'm, I believe you. I'm yeah. just. It blew my mind. I'm like, he got two different pairs of leather pants. Like he literally changed outfits in the middle of the day. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Back in the 80s, they also had pleather. Yes. Right. And I thought maybe. Just like, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they, they had wardrobe, so they probably end up getting the real thing. I don't know. True. That is true. That is true. But like I said, I appreciate his, you know, the, he had the conviction of his beliefs. Not only yeah. to walk around in those, Bruce Leroy, to walk around in those outfits, but he's in the movie theater. Eating popcorn with chopsticks. Ah, yes, yes. I meant to text my sister because I got I was watching this movie. What was the Asian movie? It's sort of like an Asian version of Girls Night Out. There's a recent movie, I forgot the name of it. But um one of their quirky friends was eating chips with chopsticks. With chopsticks. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, I told my sister, I said, You got any chopsticks? She said, Yeah, right in there. So ever since then, I've been eating chips or popcorn with chopsticks. Then I watched it today. I said, wait a minute. I didn't peep that out when I was younger. That he's sitting there using it. Yeah. 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 And he's just as content. Just do 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 do. And yeah. I mean, show enough, just calling him out all over four corners of Harlem. And he just do 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 do. And it wasn't until his parents' pizza place got vandalized yeah. and his brother yeah. got knocked around. And then your girl gets kidnapped again. Now, right. all of a sudden, he's a man with a mission. But yep. what does he do? He goes back to the dojo, has a temper tantrum, and beats up the heavy bag. Right. I'm like, if you don't get over there <laughs> yeah. and get your little brother. <laughs> gotta have that montage. Yep. You gotta Come release on. that frustration. And plus, it was in the script. Now, I'm just playing. <laughs> right. It's always every time I see a movie and some people, you know, when I'm sitting there watching the movie, it's like, why would they even do that? This, that, and the other. And I'll say, because it's written in the script. It's written in the script. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, bot device. It, I <laughs> right. mean, it would have to be. Because I'm like, you're supposed to be, your character is supposed to be pissed. Like, you, all this whole time we've been seeing him as a peaceable kind of person. He believes in the only reason he's practicing martial arts is for defense, 
not to actually go start something with somebody. So he's all peaceful. Then he sees his parents and his brother roughed up. Then all of a sudden his new girlfriend gets kidnapped and then his brother gets himself kidnapped. And all of a sudden here's some urgency. And what do you do? You go hit the heavy bag. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Who wouldn't do that? I mean, really, if you think about it. Yeah. Who wouldn't do that? Come on. Come on. Oh, yeah, showing up on milk cartons, missing and shit like that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go punch some bags. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tackle finding who the, the missing person is later. Later. Yeah. Well, he was later. pondering who kidnapped her, even though he knew. Right. He yeah, Johnny pondering. came and told him. Uh, right. Yeah, he's got he's got your brother and Laura. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe he didn't believe him. Maybe Johnny, is, maybe the dude is suspect. Can't trust his information as an intel. <laughs> At that point in the movie, I was beginning to believe what his little brother said, that he was a straight coward. I'm like, why is he not going after this gangster dude? Promptly, ASAP, expeditiously. Why right. not? Well, in martial arts, you're not really supposed to start stuff. That's what I'm saying. But this is in defense of his brother. If nobody else, his brother. brother like, let him get kidnapped. Brother called him all kinds of names. He did. Oh, yeah. Let them handle it. Let, let him call them names. Forget my brother. <laughs> I might think about vanity, but she ain't giving me none because I don't even know how to do that. That's what right? I'm saying. <laughs> he, couldn't even, he couldn't even be bothered to try to kiss her until the end. Yeah. And he stayed true to his his uh, Asian aesthetic the entire time. I appreciate that. He definitely did. But I also... I also noticed when you, I think it was Jack, when you mentioned dunking his head in the water at the end when they were fighting. Right. It's that that common thing that happened to young black men in the 80s with certain kind of hair products. When you got it wet, the product would, it would literally make your hair almost waterproof. So the water on his head, when he pulled him out of the tank, would push him, pull him, it was just sitting on his head. And just dripping like he it was it was waterproof. His hair was waterproof. Yeah, just with all that product he had on. Oh, the beads. Because it, it looked just like Ralph Chesvine's hair did in the <laughs> video for um uh uh you know the video. Um 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 his solo project? No, it was the the really big hit new edition had. Uh, oh, I can uh, think of it is, if it isn't love. Uh, okay. When yes. they're in the studio, well, see, Tay Max is natural though. Is natural. It? He's I mean, he does. Italian. Yeah, he's mixed with Italian. But so yeah, that's that's not Jerry. Yeah. No, that's not. Yeah, that's I'm not just coming to America, Jerry Curl. Right? It's there. not. But he had product in that hair. That was confirmed. No, like probably the juices se- and berries. No, it's not. It is not <laughs> Prince Akeem. It is not. <laughs> <laughs> There was the Murray's pomade in the hair. <laughs> yeah. oh, you think he's ultra perm? <laughs> You're saying he wasn't wearing soul glow. Right. <laughs> it was more Rain-X. That's what you're saying. <laughs> Rain-X is where it doesn't come off. It just beats. It just really it beat it up and just rolled off. Just like the rest of the movie, his hair looked like it was in sore need of moisture. You get to that scene and all of a sudden it's just rolling off like Rain X on a car, just <laughs> turtle wax. Just, but hey, I think Jack was talking about that there was like a sight of blood at one point. Right. The same thing. 
Yeah. And all of a them up again. There was no blood there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was just bad editing. They, I guess, yeah. when they recorded straight on, they're like, forgot that he was bloody before that. Well, maybe rain, the rain actually removed it. <laughs> right. That <laughs> Murray's pomade did it. Is the with the blood just went straight off his face. It just flowed off his face. It's all purpose. Murray's pomade. Is, a can of Murray's pomade would last you easily twelve years. Easy. That is funny. Boy, oh boy. But yeah, but yeah. It was, um, it was like I said. It's, it was interesting find, uh, watching it this time around. It didn't. Cr- I didn't cringe. Mm-hmm. You know, like how you see older movies, like how did I watch this when I was kid? I didn't cringe. It was. <laughs> I saw things oh. that I never would have paid attention to when I was like, yeah, five it came out, so I was like fifteen. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I watched um, uh, fifteen years ago or something. I was like, I'm going to show my son one of my favorite movies as a kid, Clash of the Titans. Oh, and we're like oh, twenty minutes in, and, and I was like. <sighs> Oh God, this is awful. The one from the 80s, right? Yeah. Yeah. I did the same thing. I'm like, because that was one of my favorite movies. And I it came on one time and said, This is a classic. Let me watch this. I'm like, yeah, are you serious? That's dope. That stop motion was the business. <laughs> right. Yeah. The only the only cool thing though was, I don't know, about eight or nine years ago, the science museum in Oklahoma City, they had all of Ray Harryhausen that did all the stop motion stuff. They had every single stop motion creature from all of his movies wow. on display. And they did a thing where you paid like 20 bucks and it was exclusive at night. So you got to see everything before everybody else did. And they aired uh, Clash of the Titans. And so I'm in there and I'm like, it's still bad. Yes. It's still bad. But, but it was oh, really cool seeing all of the, the stop motion stuff. It was, it oh, is. Really I mean, that was cool. At, at that time, he was like a big deal. As far as yeah. special effects guys go, because yeah. they even um, in Monsters Inc., they had the restaurant named after him, Harry Housens. Yeah, I Are thought you from that Oklahoma? was. No, he wasn't. They were doing just some sort of thing on movies, or I'm not entirely sure how they got it, but like even afterwards, there was a Q and A with his daughter and one of the producers from Clash of the Titans. <laughs> Which was yeah. interesting, and they were just talking about how his, uh, how Harry Housen kept everything when they were done, like in his garage. Nice. And so he just had boxes of all of this stuff in there. I would, but, I get, I get jealous when I see people who keep stuff from they what they went through. Right. I easily throw throw things away, but I'm a hoarder at the same time, so that means I keep the wrong shit. So <laughs> there was a lot of stuff that I needed to keep. Like footage that I had with me and Aaliyah, certain things just that now somebody else does have it and they posted it on YouTube, but it's blurry. And it's me um talking to her, working, working through a song, but it's blurry. But when I see documentaries and people say, Yes, this is the actual dummy that was that replaced Linda Blair in the original Exorcist. It's like that was 1973. You still got that shit. And I don't even have nothing from yeah. 1995. <laughs> So, right. Yeah. Love it. Well, are there any final thoughts? Because we have uh, kind of reached the 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 time to end the old the old podcast. I would like to say that while I I wasn't fond of Vanity's performance here, I enjoyed it very much 
when she co-starred in Action Jackson. See, I've never seen that. That is a movie, okay? Yes, Carl Weathers. <laughs> Carl Weathers. That's a handsome man. He's which who was also up for Bruce Lee Bruce Leroy as well. Oh, auditioned for Bruce Leroy. Interesting. That would have been something. Yeah, it was him. That would have definitely Wesley changed Snipes. the film. Yeah, Wesley Snipes lobbied for it. Lawrence Fishburne lobbied for it. Yeah, it was a lot of big hitters, but I've never seen Action Jackson. They they were probably looking back, glad they did not get that role. Probably. Yeah, he did a good job. I, I tell you, Mac, it, nobody else could do it. Well, no, I mean the other actors. They're probably like glad I didn't. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah went yeah, to the yeah. right guy. I, I mean, no, because it may have put their career on a different trajectory altogether. Yeah. Well, it happened for a reason because their careers panned out pretty good. Yeah, Carl Weathers would was pretty big anyway because of Rocky at that point. So yeah, but you know Apollo Creed. You know who auditioned for the part of Laura Charles? I do not. Whitney Houston. Did you oh, know that? Mm-hmm. that definitely would have been different. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. As much as I adore Whitney for her singing, I'm sorry she was not an actress. No, <laughs> no, she <laughs> bodyguard. That was her. That was Whitney being okay, Whitney. Whitney. <laughs> I, I get it. Well, it's still the same scenario in um, Last Dragon because she's it? a singer. Was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just that Vanity couldn't really sing in real life. And Whitney couldn't dance. So I don't know. No, she definitely couldn't dance. Neither no. one of them could dance. No. Because that, that dance that Vanity was doing when she was coming down, singing what, seven, what was it called? Seventh Heaven? Yeah, I was like, "What's going on with her? What's what's the problem with her? What's?" Yeah. Mm-mm, mm-mm. But like I said, she got better when she did Action Jackson. I I enjoy that as a mindless action movie very much. So so, Tim, yes. when you get a chance, check it out. My last thoughts on it: I think that regardless, I think that people should who haven't seen it should check it out at least. Mm-hmm. Just check out nostalgia, you know, mm-hmm. just check it out, see what was going on at the time. And it is a lighthearted, fun movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. A- and if if you're younger, you will finally understand why your Gen X parents, family members, right. co-workers all find the phrase kiss my converse to be funny. Right. Right. And it'll it informs you a lot about the 80s. One, two, the black community's fascination with martial arts. Because mm-hmm. it's heavy. Just look at the Wu Tang Clan. Hello. Yeah. So for those two things alone, those this this movie is like a treasure trove of these things. So right. yeah. Show us. <laughs> yeah, that's the topic. I'm at the um. What am I going to find to watch tonight? But anyway, I'm trying to find an old movie to watch. I might watch The Breakfast Club again. I haven't seen that in years. The '80s. You want an '80s movie? Yeah. Yeah. Breakfast Club and Sixteen Candles were filmed at the same. Right. High school, mm-hmm. right? Same both of them classics. Yeah, Sixteen Candles is way more problematic, though. Ooh-wee. Yeah, a lot of stuff did not uh, age well in that film. Yeah. Who are you? I'm Long Duck Dong. Ding. Oh yeah, that was fine nowadays. <laughs> a lot of them little sayings and jokes back in those movies in the '80s. They people nowadays, the Gen Z is gonna they cringe. Oh yeah, of, yeah. I've seen a lot of Gen Zs do reaction videos on like All in the Family, 
Oh. Stanford and Son. Mm-hmm. It's like they're allowed to say that. Oh, that's mean. They wouldn't even let that happen. I was like, we went through it. You know I mean, I mean? yeah. Yeah, we were talking about how crazy for Gen X the things that were considered family films, you know, that we like would watch as family. And it's like, really? Every Which Way But Loose with Clint Eastwood was a family film? <laughs> sure enough, was. <laughs> it was. It really was crazy. Now you think about it, it really was. Yeah. My I think that's one of the first movies I heard a lot of cursing in it. Because especially the, I, when I was a kid, I used to love old women that cursed. They just, oh, yeah. <laughs> and his mom had a mouth. <laughs> right. They just said it funny. Mm-mm-mm. But yeah, we that's why that's why Gen X hits different. We yeah, are, but it's the Gen X yeah. the reason why the kids are the way they are now because we learn from much and we try to protect our kids, right? <laughs> we ro- we rode around in the back of pickup trucks, unsecured, right? And lived to talk that's about it. it. <laughs> that we did going at that. high speeds, yes, yep, on Ooh. the interstate. On we're not just talking through the neighborhood. We're talking on the interstate. Yeah. Sometimes in the dark in a like a wooded area type thing that had a roadway. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're taking you're taking the curves and them, them branches is kind of low. Yeah. You all right back there? I'm good. Uh-huh. <laughs> Y'all doing okay? Yeah. Kind of oh. cold. I can't feel my lips. <laughs> yeah, Don't worry. We only got cold. 12 miles to go. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> on that note. Us, uh, us, eighties, eighties is probably what do we call that for our age? Like, um, form the formidable years. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yep. Oh boy. The best yeah. Time for music, the best time for movies. Everything was a transition to where it was the first for everything. It really was. Eighties was the first for every single thing. Music mm-hmm. videos. Yep. You, you know, people was making a little. BS videos in the 70s, but it was very rare if you saw it. Mm-hmm. But a whole music channel with videos, then v- VHS tapes to where you can watch movies at home instead yep. of going to the theater. Oh, they the didn't they though. didn't they predict the death of the movie theater when videotapes yeah. came out? <laughs> yeah, at that time they really thought that that's going to kill the theater, but it never did. Because it took a yep. while for that movie to get on VHS. Mm-hmm. So you had to go to the movies. Nowadays, depending on how quick, um, especially after COVID, they'll play it in theaters, but they'll have it close enough to, from the release to where you could buy it. Yeah. On Prime yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's like a month, and then you can go watch it on Prime right. or Plus, some, whatever. Sometimes they'll they'll drop at the same time. Yeah. In yeah. The theaters yeah. and on streaming. Yeah. All right, solo Gen Zers, Gen yes. Zers, Gen Xers. Look at you. Who remembers <laughs> the big opening that came out 82ish, 83 for HBO that they always did right before the big Saturday night, you know, premiere. <laughs> and it was it go through the city and it was all da 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 yeah. So yeah, it was. Uh, they didn't become HBO till some years later. It was home box office. Home box office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that opening was such a big deal. I remember that HBO had a documentary about how they made that opening. I gotta check that out. <laughs> they I are guess. legendary. They are legendary in the game for real. Ooh, the 80s. yeah, yeah. The eighties just hit different. Yeah. Oof. Don't let us do a whole episode on 80 shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> you invite me, please. I, 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 love, I love the 80s. 
maybe maybe we'll we'll wrap up the maybe we'll wrap up twenty twenty three. I think the eighties though we were still struggling with the hair. Couldn't figure out the right way to do that. That's anybody. Mm. Just the hair oh. thing. Yeah. 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 There was a lot going on. A lot going yeah. on. Yeah. And then the shoulder pads that the women used to wear with their little dress. I oh my God. No. The little shoulder pads. Yes. Yep. That still will not hope that never comes back. Ever. Yeah. Ever. That was the most pointless fashion trend ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I guess we All want right. to wrap it up because we'll be going. Yeah. Say with, with that. <laughs> if you uh like what we're doing and want to help us out, go to buymeacoffee.com backslash hyperfocus pods. I want to thank Tim for coming on and being a guest once again. Yes. And there is a solid shot that he is going to be a guest in the near future. The very yes. near future. Yeah, definitely. Because this is fun. I'll do my best to be open. So, oh, yeah. yeah, we and we've we got another interesting episode coming up. We appreciate your time. So, mm-hmm. thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on. All right, and, you uh, gotta drive carefully. <laughs> yes, all the way to all the way to the living room. Oh yeah. <laughs> and with that, you guys uh, feel free to kiss our converse, or in my case, Puma. <laughs> And also, while you're at it, donate to us at buyacoffee.com slash hyperfocuspots. Thank you. So we can afford a pair of Converse. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.